Hey guys, welcome to Not Just a Hashtag Podcast, presented by Trees of Hope. I'm your host, Nicole Escobar, with my co-hosts, Anissa, Kristen, and Mariah. On this podcast, we will be discussing the epidemic of sexual abuse, its realities, and the unfiltered ways in which it has affected all of our lives. We share our personal stories and how our lives have been restored. While this podcast is for everyone, we do want to let you know that we use several trigger words and this is geared more towards adult audiences. This podcast is for anyone who wants to educate themselves on the statistics behind sexual abuse, signs to look out for, and how to prevent it from happening. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to episode 11 of the Not Just a Hashtag podcast. I am here with Anissa only. We are so sad that our two other co-hosts, Mariah and Kristen, are not here today. They're on vacation. Sorry. We miss you so much. I honestly can't believe we're even recording a podcast without you guys <laughs> psych no we do we really, really miss do miss you. you yeah we do miss you it is not the same without you but mm-hmm. um we have a very special guest here today that we are so excited about it is funny i have heard so much about this person i'll let nicole announce who it is but everyone hypes her up so much and talks about how her group is life-changing everyone always wants to be in her support group and um honestly every single person who's affiliated with trees of hope who knows this woman is obsessed with her and can never say enough good things about her so we are both really really excited that she's here today to talk about her story and what she does for trees of hope thank you for explaining me anisa can you please explain our Just I know kidding. everyone thought I was talking about Nicole. <laughs> I was like, as she's talking, I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> people would introduce me like that. I don't know if you've ever been somewhere and then they're like, they introduce someone really special and they're like, wow, this person's so amazing. And then they're like, and then, <laughs> okay, other I'm literally going to poke you in the eye. That is anytime Nicole and I go anywhere. It's like, Nicole, 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 Nicole. And then they're like, oh, Anissa. Hi. They're I'm like, like <laughs> They are not at yes. all. Yes. Okay. We were at the Human Trafficking <laughs> Academy like two weeks ago now, last week. Oh, I guess it was the week before. Gosh, yeah. time. What a scary thing. So someone was talking about Nicole, like one of the higher ups for the Human Trafficking Academy. And they were like, everything she does, like she's the Midas touch, turns to gold. <laughs> the way she presents things is impeccable. Oh my gosh. Like she's just this creative genius. Like she designed this. And I'm like standing there and I feel like I'm just getting like, Okay, but the la- <laughs> no, I had like a stain on my shirt. I'm pretty sure I, my hair was a mess. I'm just standing there like I'm like this is my bag, lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, oh, uh, who are you? I'm like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not how it went down at all. But um, I appreciate those. But Sue, this is about you. So the person that we are introducing today is Sue Kogel, and um, before I tell you a little bit about her. What she does with Trees of Hope is just amazing. She's a powerhouse. She's literally been here uh, for 11 years. I mean, and that's like almost as long as we've been around. So first, let me start by saying that Trees of Hope, we help victims who have been sexually abused through recovery groups or support groups. Um, They are typically 
groups of like eight and they come around for 12 weeks it's survivor led sue is a survivor and we basically go through different topics um some of these topics we've talked about on uh the podcast here but it's a healing group it's to help you walk through the healing journey and it's a taxing thing to do that because I've done it and I've only done three and I was like exhausted because it's emotionally draining. You have to revisit your story a bunch of times. You then have to talk about your family dynamic. Some of the reasons why you didn't report it if you were sexually abused. You actually have to come to terms with that you were sexually abused, which can be an exhausting thing all in itself. Then you just have to look at all the different aspects, the false beliefs, someone that you've believed. I mean, it just goes on and on. Not only that, but it's like you think about just like the resiliency that you have to have as an individual. Because then, too, it's just like dealing with people, being very honest. It's difficult. People are difficult. I know I'm very difficult, so I'm not, (coughs) you know. (laughs) Thanks, Nicole. JK. Nicole is a breeze. I am. Um, I'm like a cool winter. She's like a, a cool Baja blast <laughs> on a sweltering hot day because global warming is real. Anyways, what was I saying? Something nice about Nicole? Something. No. Oh, the resiliency that you yes. have to have. Dealing with people is very difficult. And so the biggest challenge that we face here at Trees of Hope is consistency and facilitators a lot of times, understandably, because it's such draining work. You go week after week to talk about your own experience and then you're also hearing other people's stories and that can be a huge trigger I know working here there are certain stories I hear that I'm like oh I just really wish I wouldn't have heard that right because I'm going to replay it in my mind nonstop. totally and like just feel anxiety over what happened to this person so I just can't believe when I heard Sue was leading as many groups as she has for as long as she has I was astounded i'm like what a strong woman like yeah. i cannot i can't <laughs> exactly. she's fl- she's flexing over here <laughs> so, so this is a no yeah. flex zone <laughs> yeah please don't come in here with your muscles um so but let me just give you a little um what are, what do they call that resume a little cv action on what she curriculum does curriculum vitae yeah cv <laughs> of what she does so she'll get into her personal cv but i'm gonna just say that for trees of hope she is our facilitator coordinator which means that she is the support person for all of our facilitators so anytime a facilitator has an issue in their group like an actual relationship issue she's the person to help console walk them through kind of guide them through the right ways to handle things then for her groups she's the facilitator she leads groups as large as 15 sometimes then she helps me with facilitator meetings, so meets monthly with our facilitators to encourage, inspire, and get them on the same page so that we're all doing the same thing. Then, okay, like that's not enough. <laughs> she goes into the jails to assist with bringing the message of healing to the women who are incarcerated there. And week in, week out, she does that. How many years? 10, 15, 20? 1998. I don't know that oh, math. Okay, math. Hurry Hit quick. I was born in 93. I'm 25. So that means she's been doing it for 23 years. Jace. 20. That's almost as old years. as me. Yeah. Just kidding. Surprise. And Nicole just turned 21. I just turned 21. <laughs> like, got really crazy. Um, but that's a long time. I, I can't say like I'm a millennial. I'm on the, uh, the cusp. older cusp. Older. And the longest thing I've ever done, I think, is like six years. And I was really proud of that. What is the longest thing you've ever done? Well, besides living, 36 <laughs> years. Um, <laughs> six well, is a job. The, 
Oh, in school? I got like 12 years on that. Yeah. So you know what? More than 12. You went to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Scratch all that negative talk I was just doing. But my point is, is that this woman here is extremely impressive. She is somebody that we look up to. Committed, loyal. Oh my gosh, the list goes on. And we wouldn't be anything that Trees of Hope literally would not survive without you because there's been years where no other groups were running besides the ones she was leading. So we're so thankful for her. We're thankful for your dedication and for your leadership in so many different ways and also your compassion for people and how you empathize with where people are at one thing i never shared with you but i wanted to is i met somebody who went through your group and she was like you know what and she said this about trees of hope in totality so i thought it was really cool but she did point you out how you you these people hear these stories day in and day out so it's kind of like you can get you can almost get like numb to it when someone's telling you something like unmoved kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She was like, even in my story and how harsh it was, she still cared. And, and you could sense that she was touched and hurt and sad for me. And I was like, wow, that is the culture that we want to make sure that everyone has here. It is because no matter how harsh these stories are, you can become like so jaded. jaded and you're like, oh, just another story. Nothing shocks me. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to get there. I don't ever want to say that. Like, I want to be shocked by every story. Not because I'm shocked that the world is so despicable. No, it but is you want to be an empathetic, empathetic person. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's the difference between some of these sociopaths and these pedophiles is they lack empathy. And I want to be the main person and Trees of Hope. I want to also be the opposite of a <laughs> pedophile. Yeah. You're bored. Nicole's yeah. like, what I don't want to be is <laughs> a pedophile. I have a short list. <laughs> <laughs> Aspirations, guys. So, okay, now we were going to get into the interview with Sue. So, Sue, tell me first, um, why, tell me a little bit about your, your family. Um, before you get into your story, before you get into anything like that, I'd love to know a little bit about your family life. And I mean, like, your kids, the things that bring you joy now. Thank you, Nicole, for letting me be here today. I uh, just want to let you know that I have two beautiful children. Uh, Kelly Marie and Christian Jr. I also have two uh, granddaughters, Alexa Ray and Jaden Victoria. I'm really thankful for that. Um, God has done a lot in my life. And through the classes, uh, teaching and facilitating, I've met wonderful women. The Lord has allowed me to speak into their lives to help them see that they can be healed. A lot of them, they come into the classes, they have no hope, they have nothing to live for, and once they see that Jesus loves them and that there is hope for their life and there is a change, then they want that. I I love it because it gives me passion. Like every week when I go into the jail, I see there, there's like 50 women in there and maybe 20 will come to my class. And the thing is, is they open up. They're ready to have a change because if they don't change, they're going back to their lifestyle on the street with the drugs, with the pimps. And 
A lot of these women I see because I also do a street ministry once a month where I go to the streets with the homeless people and the prostitutes and people that are working at the strip clubs and we reach out to them and we reach them where they are. And I love that because God met a lot of people on their journeys in the Bible, a lot. And one thing I learned is the man at the pool, Jesus, he was sitting there for 38 years and Jesus said to him, do you want to be healed? And he said, yes. And that is the key. The key to healing is to admit that you have been sexually abused and walk forward in your healing. Whatever your healing looks like, every person's journey is different. The steps that you take, God will light that path right before you, but you need to take the first step. And that's what I love about this ministry is it gives me the ability to take someone's hand and help them through the journey. I love that. Yeah, that's so That's great. really a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. And you know, you reminded me as you were talking about, uh, we were sitting out on, in this table out in uh, the Trees of Hope headquarters and um, <laughs> corporate office. <laughs> um, and you, I remember saying to you, I don't think I've been sexually abused. Remember when I was, yes. I was going, and you go, Nicole, <laughs> you have, yes. but I need you to read. You told me to go reread the list yes. of the, 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 um, the, sec, what was it? The symptoms. Symptoms of sexual abuse. But we know it wasn't symptoms. It was acts that oh, somebody right. would perform non-contact right. versus contact. Right. So I was like, Psh, no, not doing that. And I did when you left and I was like, Ooh, it is in there. But I was so embarrassed because mm -hmm. I was like, this makes me feel weak right. that I'm admitting to a non-contact version of sexual abuse. Do you get that a lot from yes. people? Yes. And why, why do you think somebody would feel weak? Well, there's a lot of issues because people don't want to come forward because they're shamed. First of all, a lot of them don't want to admit it. They don't want their family to know especially if they've been raped or something because their mom may say, oh yeah, well, I told you not to go to that party, okay? And I told you not to do this and I told you not to do that. So a lot of them, they don't wanna come forward and get the healing because they're afraid what their friends and their family are gonna say. But the only person that really matters in this whole thing is what Jesus thinks. Because at the end of the day, he's the person you should care about what he thinks yeah i mean also we do want to you matter too mm -hmm. um we do want to just throw that in there but yeah i do believe and if you're not a christian and you're listening and you're like wanting to turn off because you think this might go on the overload of jesus um information or talk don't stand by i promise this is good please stand by St yeah keep on keep on with us because there it is I'm a very practical person. Me too. And you're, you're Sue, you're a little bit more on the emotions. Yes. And um, so sometimes when you say things like, um, you know, Jesus anointed me and touched my heart with the riving, uh, the Living flowing waters. water of the yeah. soul. I'm like, huh? What are you saying right now? But in I don't feel, huh? What are you <laughs> saying right now? But I understand if you're not yeah. a Christian and you are listening and you hear this type of verbiage, it's like, 
Yeah, it can yeah. be a, it can be a turnoff, but mm-hmm. we want you to know that if you've been sexually abused, it's okay that you have questions mm-hmm. about where was God during your abuse. It is also okay okay that you are angry at God. But we hope that not only in this this podcast that we'll be able to explain that God is not to blame for what has happened to you. And if you have more questions about that, that you would get into one of our healing groups so that you can learn more about who God is, your identity, and the role of sexual abuse in your life and how it had nothing to do with God and it had all to do with your perpetrator. But that's a hard one for people to come to terms with because a lot of times people wrongly shift the blame on themselves and God. So, okay, now what I'd like to do is just hear a little bit of your story. Um, Don't go totally into it, but just start with the beginnings, Um, just how it all came about, what kind of took place with you and your dad and things like that. So I was nine years old, and my dad came into the bedroom and he started sexually abusing me. Um, That changed my life. It scared me. Um, It took me to a place I never wanted to be. It changed every way that I thought, the things that, that transpired after that. But fortunately, six months prior to that, I was invited to church and I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. So if it wasn't for that, I don't know where I would be today. I probably would have been on the streets. I probably would have ran. I might have even done drugs. I could have done anything. Because when someone's sexually abused, they usually do one of two things. They either go internally or they go externally, one or the other. So can you say which they are? Can you explain them a little bit? Because I don't think we've ever gone into that. And that's so important. The internal, external, um, like perfect. Okay. So internally means that everything you do is inside your head inside you so you live like on an island all by yourself and do everything by yourself so you might lock yourself up in the room you might go play sports you might do something now externally is you're going to go on the streets you're going to have sex you're going to get married to any person that you want you might be divorced five six seven times you have no boundaries no nothing and your life continues to spiral down. And, and this is where we find a lot of addictions. This is where we, we find a lot of people that they need to get to the root of this. And it started with sexual abuse. I love that you said that because Anissa and I, we have, we have plenty of people that we know, um, not only through Trees of Hope, but in other places that, like our church, <laughs> where we go, hey, you, you've told me you were sexually abused, but, and your life is completely spiraling out of control, and it's clear to me, it's clear to everyone around you, but you don't want to deal with it. So what would you say to somebody who is that person? Okay. The best thing you can do for somebody that's spiraling out of control is to love on them, to accept them where they are, Jesus did that. If you look at the Bible, he met people right where they were. He wasn't changing them. He wasn't doing anything but loving on them. And so you love on that person. The person sees what you do in your life, 
and they get jealous and they want what you have. Hmm. What I think is really hard is everyone has a different definition of what spiraling out of control is and I think we can like unanimously agree on what certain things like shooting up heroin we're all gonna say yes your life is spiraling out of control but for the person who goes to church every Sunday and has a really nice paying nine-to-five job who is sexually abused but is you know, not even just high functioning, but seemingly doing really well, it's hard to go to them and say like, you, you need to address this. And they don't, they don't view their high anxiety or their need for perfection or, you know, these things that we do recognize as symptoms of sexual abuse, but it's like, okay, what I'm doing everything I need to. So that's what's so hard is it's not just people whose lives are an absolute wreck and it's like, oh my gosh, like you need help. It's also just people who are really struggling internally or the self-loathing I know or anger issues. Like I do have people very close to me who have been sexually abused and they've never gotten help for it. And it's like, you're not thriving and that's what we always say here is it's like we don't want you to just be scraping by and managing and functioning and coping we want you to be like just living your best life as cheesy and overused as that is it's like we want you to just like face each day with so much anticipation and hope and excitement not just okay I don't know what I'm gonna cry about today I don't know what's gonna just make me unravel you know so I think that that is really difficult when it comes to like what is spiraling out of control well I know that what led me to go get help was that my ex was gonna divorce me so when things in your life are gonna change you see a need to go get help Mm. right and I think sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes somebody has something in a relationship, friends leave them, people die, all different types of things, and then they go seek help. I And what you said, I really loved about like when people look at you and you are healed and you know you are doing really well, it's like that should be what also inspires people. Like, yes, drastic life change. Unfortunately, that's been the case for me personally I think when something really bad does happen it's like okay I'm gonna go back to counseling now even though I've known for a while like I really need to go back but I love that idea of living a life that's so notably full that others look on and are like I need to get there yeah and I think it can be as simple as um just self-talk positive self-talk as in like a lot of my friends or people that I know are very negative and when I hang out with them I'm literally drained beyond belief and I feel like um the difference is is I'll always be like but we got this like don't worry about this or come on like trying to give them some sort of encouragement and I know that that's an people can be attracted to that but if I was negative it's it's really what out of your heart your mouth speaks the and so spring of your yeah. heart yeah mm-hmm. so if my if my heart is not good which means i'm not thriving i'm just getting by yeah things that are coming out of my mouth are going to be negative i'm going to be complaining about my husband i'm going to be complaining about the world around me rather than having a very thankful heart and saying you know what like my car just got i just got hit by something and a couple of days ago you know about it anisa and um i was like walking out of my house today and i went to go say Jesus, I hate this stupid car. What the heck? You know, but I was like, 
I'm so thankful that I have a car and I don't have to take the bus. And I don't care that it looks a little busted right now because not a lot of people in this world have a car. And I was like, God, I'm so thankful for that. And I got in my car and I was like, I love my car. You Ooh. rolled your windows down. I and did. I turned the music you on. You blasted like, the new Chance the Rapper album. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love this car. Holla. Um, but, you know, you sometimes you have to do that. Mm-hmm. You have to be thriving is by is by is your personality is by coming out is coming alive around people and only in the last like five years have I been able to do that because I know if anybody's met me before when I was working at jobs that I hated um they would have been like wow she's not really all that happy (laughs) and I think like one of the things we want to encourage you to do is if you haven't dealt with your sexual abuse deal with it and then also find a passion and do it so get out there and give back in your life by serving others in something you're passionate about. Now, don't serve just to band-aid what's going on in your life, but serve to give back to people. And that's really what Sue does mm-hmm. every single week. I just want to repeat that. I know, right? <laughs> Going to deal with this every week is huge. Okay, so the um, one of the things that we haven't talked about, and thank you so much for sharing your story, is I know personally you have shared with me about your friendship with Dawn. Yes. So how important is it to have somebody safe in your life that you can talk to about your sexual abuse? And who is Dawn to you? Okay. Um, basically, when I was going through my divorce, I went to a support group called Rejoice Ministries. Rejoice Ministries helps you stand for your marriage, and that's what I did for five years. When I went there, Dawn was at the group, and we became friends. God is amazing. Dawn and I only lived two minutes from each other, and here we were in a support group totally on the other side of town. So we started hanging out. Dawn is 10 years younger than me. She never had been sexually abused. And so I started a friendship with her. It was great. She, I'd allow her to speak into my life because she would tell me, Sue, that's warped thinking. That is totally ridiculous. Like, why are you assuming that? Like, that's a lie from the pit. And I'd go, all right, so explain to me why it's a lie. Because mm. in my mind, it wasn't a lie. So she would explain to me why it was a lie why it wasn't right, and I allowed her to because I trusted her friendship. Well, not only that, but she also was friends with my kids. They like almost called her Aunt Dawn. And so basically what God was doing for me was helping me through my warp thinking, but for Dawn, he was allowing her to be around my kids, which were 10 and 12. She eventually, her marriage didn't get restored, but she married a guy who had a 13-year-old daughter. So God used my kids to help nurture her so when she got married, she was ready for that 13-year-old. I love that. It's that, so special. Yeah, we all need a Dawn we do. in our lives, like a very healthy individual that can recognize if you have a listen to these podcasts in the order that they should have been played, you would have heard the lies that we believe and then the consequences of believing those lies and not seeking to remedy your thinking. And so when you have a really healthy person that can hear negative self-talk like Nicole was talking about and say, that's warped, your perspective is 
inaccurate because of what you've experienced. And again, we have talked about how those lies come from your sexual abuse. We have warped thinking because we experienced trauma and it totally altered our perception of the world. So we all need a dawn. We do. And if you can't find a dawn, be the dawn for yourself. Ooh, we should coin that. Also, like when I go into the jail, <laughs> we tell the girls they need a mentor. Yes. Okay. And I love that. A healthy mentor. Yes. Not somebody who's just like, hey, I committed a crime too, so now I'm going to teach you things. Right. Like we're talking about somebody, it doesn't have to, you know, if you're looking for a mentor, somebody to speak in your life, they don't always have to be completely non-sexually abused. Because like that's hard to find nowadays. And in this context, I don't really know too many people that haven't, but I let them, I let people who I look up to. And, it, and when I look at people, I say, do I want to be like them? What are the attributes that they have that make me want to be like them? And I don't mean m cars and lifestyle. I mean character. I was just about to say, I think that there's really skewed perceptions of what a mentor is. And a mentor is not a counselor or a therapist. That's not what a mentor is. You can also have different types of mentors. When I was in a um, really great place in my life, not that I'm not now, but just a different great place I had multiple different mentors I had a academic mentor that I would meet with that I really aspired to be like and then I had um almost like a pastoral mentor and I would go to them for like spiritual things and so I had just this nice bevy of mentors and I would go to them for different things so a mentor is not a counselor and it's so great when you have a mentor that's just further along on the journey that's what a mentor is someone to say hey I have been where you are in whatever area and I can tell you about the pitfalls that are on this road, things to look out for. I've been there, now I'm coming back and I'm guiding you. So it's just not, I think people think mentor and have just like weird ideas. Totally. All right, so um, now what I'd like to know is what is the best thing about facilitating a support group for you? The best thing is to see the women when they first come in the first night. And then when we have our celebration party, we party like a princess. And I see the changes. Mm -hmm. I see how they have really um, changed. They have done their homework, which is the most important thing. They um, are allowing the change to happen. They're getting healthy boundaries. They're seeing things a lot different. That's what I like to see because change is important. Mm -hmm. And when I led a support group, um, one of the things that really stood out to me was a, like a joy mm -hmm. in these people's hearts, mm -hmm. like a peace and a joy. And um, for instance, one of my first night when I was leading, I was petrified. I was like, okay, here we go. This is happening. Well, I came in and I was like, they're as petrified as I am like you know so I'm like okay so I start off I share and they start sharing and trembling crying and I'm like oh my gosh these precious women have been struggling with this this entire time and some of them were like 39 40 um I remember one being older than me like 50 and long story short is at the end it was like they 100% were like, I was sexually abused and I now want to give back. Nicole, how do I sign up to be a facilitator? How do I donate? How do I get? And I'm like, 
okay you need to go like can we get all of this written down and you need to go like in front of a big group of people and just speak about that because that's honestly the most amazing thing it's life-changing yes and trees of hope has literally it's changed my entire life i would you know i don't know where i would be right now if it wasn't for going on the journey of doing it and doing the hard work and dealing with the hard topics it's so hard sometimes but it's so beautiful at the end. It is really so beautiful. And then you can end up being like a facilitator yes. and you can give back to others and see them go through it and, and almost be smiling on the inside going, in 12 weeks, honey, you're going to be so different. Yeah, and another thing, I put Satan in his place. Amen. Because <laughs> he needs to be put in his place for the harm that he has done to these women. Yeah. And you can see how crippled they are. That's like the only word I can think of. No, I just, I don't, I think like when I hear the words party like a princess, I really do want to cry because I think like when you are sexually abused, it's like you are treated, it's sexual abuse is like the most inhumane, one of the most inhumane things you can do to an individual because it completely objectifies them and they just become like this inanimate thing for you know the perpetrator the predator's pleasure and so it's like there's nothing more debasing than being a victim of sexual abuse and so when you're treated like royalty like you're gonna party like a princess because that's what you are when it's like you were literally in those moments of being abused treated like the antithesis of a princess like like nothing and so that's so cool I didn't know that those like words are new to me I didn't know that anything like that happen and I really love that and I think too it's really easy to be very jaded when you're a victim a survivor of sexual abuse I know for me like my whole persona for such a long time before I got healing was like I want everyone to think I'm the least approachable like intimidate when I heard girls thought I was intimidating I loved that like I reveled in it I'm like yeah you should be afraid. I will rip you to shreds with my words and not think twice. And so I think like being able to have the opportunity to participate in something that's like girly and fun, like we're going to party like a princess is like so much evidence too of healing. It's like allowing that jadedness and callousness to like not be there and act like, you know, the little girl that got taken away from you Mm -hmm. in the abuse. I love that. That's so special. And I'll even say, it's like when you go to Vegas, you're not supposed to really talk about it, but I'll give a little insight onto what we do on the last night. She gives them little tiaras. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Too far? Too far? And we have a Carvel ice cream cake and sing happy birthday to anybody that never had a birthday party. Yeah, they do. It's it's an all-out thing. So cute. (laughs) So really was not ready (laughs) to hear any of that. I just think because you don't think about people who didn't have birthday parties oh yeah or at least weren't able to celebrate you know Mm -hmm. because they may have had them but we're numb to them yeah no I totally it's it's a beautiful thing and and that's something that trees of hope has always done and we will always do and um (laughs) she obviously needs to go to one of those classes (laughs) no I know (laughs) if I'm present for that people will be like there is a crazy crying girl (laughs) in the corner (laughs) no it's it's really cute so the last question I wanted to ask you is um we've got people who are listening who just are not ready to deal with it yet 
what would what advice would you give them well the first thing I would suggest is that they look inside themselves and say do I really need help do I really have a problem here do I need to get out of the situation that I'm in is it really affecting my life if it is then go find a trusted person like when I reached out to Christian who helped me get out of my house he helped me you know there are people that will listen to you a good trusted friend somebody but you need to open up and you need to get out of the situation if you're in a dangerous situation or something that you need to escape from and especially if you're in something that you're being sex trafficked you're being drugged um you're being pimped out whatever okay those situations you need to seek help and if you don't know where to go then contact us at trees of hope we have counselor on staff we have resources that you can look into and you can get the help that you need to move forward and even if it's only baby steps and remember if it is in emergency you were just raped or it's a very intense situation because we don't necessarily have the means to provide immediate services and contact the nancy j cotterman center i know we plug them all the time but really they are such an incredible resource they have counseling for free they can do the forensic medical exams and the rape kits and they're involved with law enforcement directly so that's also just a really important resource don't forget about that one right and um, the last thing i want to just say is if you're somebody who's been sexually abused and you're like, I am not even ready to deal with it. I'm not ready to tell anyone. We want to just recommend that you just keep coming back to these podcasts and listening and give it a chance to help you on that journey. I think the best thing you can do is find a safe person and tell them what has happened to you when you can. It will free you so much. You don't want to hold this burden in. You don't want to carry this dark secret your whole life. You have to be set free. And the only way to do that is to voice what has happened to you to somebody who is trusted. And um, we love you. We will see you next time. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We would love for you to subscribe so that you can get each and every episode right away. We'd also love to see you rate, review, and share this podcast with your friends. Every time you share this podcast, it not only means the world to us, but it also gives us more exposure. So to learn more about us, go to treesofhope.org. Bye.